Do you guys hear that? That's the AC. I thought for a second about turning it off so that there was no going on in the background of this introduction, but then I said, um, no, that's not gonna happen because it's 65 bajillion degrees and the humidity is 1000% here in Cuba. So just, you're just gonna have to deal with the background noise. Also, I hope you can hear the bumping music over at the pool that's going down there, having a fun time as they do every afternoon, apparently at this hotel. I haven't gone over there because it looked questionable. The pool looked questionably sanitary, but I will just say uh, you guys are going to enjoy the interview that I have for you today with the OG of Adventist podcasting. I'm Matt Lucio, who does the Adventist History podcast, so check that out. Um, I think you guys are going to like this interview. We had some good laughs. He had some interesting things to say, uh, and hopefully I will see you guys or hopefully you guys will, will hear me when I get back to the United States. <laughs> and in the meantime, cross your fingers that we don't all get dengue fever. Enjoy. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for being here. This has been, you know, on my list for a long time as the OG Adventist podcaster. I've been yes. wanting to have you on. Yes, I, it, <laughs> it's a great responsibility. It's it's. I have the wig. I have like a giant hat that I wear. <laughs> you might even say the godfather of podcasting. Yes, yes. You come to me on the day of our recording and tell me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I can do that. I want that title. <laughs> well, you got it. So uh, for other people who are out of the loop and don't know what's up and what's down, uh, can you just say who you Shame. are and a little bit about yourself? <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, my name is Matthew, and I pastor in the state of Illinois, and I have two girls. I run one podcast, and I'm getting ready to run a second podcast, and I help with our church's YouTube channel, and by help, I mean I, I do all of it right now, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I do. I, I just, I can't help. I wish, you know what I wish? Here's who I wish I could be, okay? So I think Maybe people can find out more about you if you don't, not if you tell them what you do, but if you tell them what you wish you could do if you had unlimited power and resources. Yeah, right. Okay, maybe not unlimited, but a lot more. <laughs> I would pay a bunch of people to follow me around and execute the ideas that I have. There you go. That's what, it never no, ends. actually, that's, I identify with that because my brother and I are always coming up with ideas and we're like, who can we, we just need to have like an idea factory and we just pass our ideas off to the implementation people. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm on the same exactly. page. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. That's what I want. There's not enough time to do everything. <laughs> so did you, sorry, did you say, how long have you been doing the Abnus History podcast? I've been doing the Adventist History podcast for four and a half years. This fall, this October 22nd Whoa! will be five years. It's like a historical relic. Four years. That's crazy. <laughs> and it's, how, it's how, so made up because you... the podcast is now history. <laughs> it's Sorry. history about even older history. <laughs> um. So... Uh, <laughs> But you're also a pastor, right? So how do you balance all of those things, like maintaining? Because that's a long, way longer run than most people have. How have you been able to maintain it and also do everything else that you have to do? 
uh, I only do an episode once a month, so oh, that enables me. Out. So really, it's only like a year. <laughs> yeah, if you put them all up, it, it's like fifty-five episodes now. So yeah, it's Compared only like to a, those a of us show, who do once, it you know, every week. <laughs> yes, yes, you guys. Some of you, like I think I saw what was it? The absurdity or whatever has ninety-seven or ninety-eight episodes yeah, as crazy. we speak. That's crazy. Time. Like that's ridiculous. Just get to a hundred and close it up. I don't want to go past hundred. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We're we're done here. <laughs> but no. Like, in no all fairness, to... though, your podcast takes way more research. Like I just get on the mic and run my mouth full of nonsense, but you actually say yeah. something valuable. So yeah, you know, it's just well, I don't know valuable, but I at least pretend to read something before i before i do anything yeah before i do it so yeah i have that going for me i guess but i don't uh, know i feel like 100 episodes is when everyone has to stop like no yeah. one's gonna no one's gonna start at your podcast in episode one and be like oh good let me do like this joe rogan thing we're on episode number like <laughs> yeah. 1700 like, like no one's gonna do watch all those yeah. shows yeah somebody might you never know your mom <laughs> <laughs> your mom would watch joe rogan <laughs> Um, no, that's true. So I'll, I'll make that note down when I hit 100, uh, Matt Lucio says, cut it off. Yeah. Go do something right. else. I think every creative project needs to have the end in mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And that, especially you can see this play out like in TV when stuff jumps the shark and you're like, just let it die. Right. Looking at Right. I mean, like they don't know what they're doing. And and that's I think just before you start anything, there has to be kind of and it may change, but there has to be a a goal in mind for this thing. And I like with Firefly, like everybody wants a second season of Firefly. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? That's the goal. Right. That's (laughs) the goal. No one wants them to be like, oh, my gosh, the last two seasons have just dragged on. Yes. Stop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. That's what you want. All right. I'm on board with that. Um, So in that spirit, this is podcast is over. Goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. That's it. We fixed it. We fixed everything, guys. (laughs) Uh, What I really wanted to talk to you about today is kind of like uh, because you talk about history um, and but you're also really hip and cool for someone in your position, how you sort of navigate all the various camps that you're involved in because you work with young people too right you work with like pathfinders and stuff yeah i i like how you really qualified you're hip and cool for somebody in your position i'm just talking so like it's like saying pastor. like yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like you're decent for a pastor i mean you know like you're cool as no, far as pastors I mean, are concerned. it's not bad take it however you want <laughs> if you want to take it as an insult go ahead but the way i meant it was <laughs> you have so a wide really fast and very 80 year old <laughs> no what i mean is like okay so you have all of your wise knowledge that those of us who are less informed on history have no idea about but also you are doing a lot of innovative stuff in your church as far as like the digital space and like new media and all the you know young whippersnapper type stuff so you have your hand in like <laughs> a lot of areas that appeals to a lot of uh types of people is all i'm saying yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. I just want to give you a hard time. You know? But uh so I mean, how do we how do we handle being in all these spaces? I I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's just creativity, right? Like I mean, you look at Elon Musk. The dude the dude starts out with PayPal. Okay? So he moves on from PayPal, he gets into Rocketry. And Wait, then Wait, did like, Elon cars. Musk start PayPal? 
He was he didn't start PayPal, oh. but that's where he made his money. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. See, one yeah. of another area in which you're proficient. Random facts no, about I, Elon I just, Musk. No, I which is when you have small <laughs> children, right? You're like you're just constantly like reading other things just to save your mind. Um anyway, no, I have like a, a small man crush on Elon Musk. Um just like a creative crush, maybe that's way. Do you have the dead deer at the bottom of the pool t-shirt? I I do not. No. I do not. No. Nor do I have You're a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad the standard has been set. I must now achieve this. Uh, no, but I like I tell my wife every single time I see a Tesla on the road that we have to get one. And yeah. um, okay, well, but I mean the point is is like I mean you look at his creativity, it, like just branches out. I mean like from PayPal to space to flamethrowers and tunneling. I mean it's just like. That's just how we all are, right? Like we all just like kind of branch out in every direction at once. None of us wants to be boxed in. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's what we do. It's what we do. But as far as like the challenge of that, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, to me, the kind of the bridge that I want to be building with my life is I, I want people from different groups, like whether that's generations or races or kind of like conservative liberal camps or whatever it may be. Like, I want to be a bridge between everybody. Like, I, I want to be able to talk to people, no matter what camp they're in, what tribe mm -hmm. they are, or whatever. And I want them to be able to talk to each other. Because I think, generationally, I think every every generation, especially now, has kind of its own, like, closed language ecosystem. And I want to be a translator between those between those people groups. So, obviously, you see, like, I'm trying to do this in a podcast where you're you're dealing with, like, serious history and you're kind of treating them somewhat respectfully but at the same time yeah. you're poking fun at them you know and so i'm trying to like build this bridge between different types of listeners and, and be that yeah, bridge yeah. i mean my my stuff isn't really special it's just i'm the way i'm trying to be a bridge between listeners and content is maybe the thing that i offer well that's that makes sense then i mean like that's a satisfying answer to how you <laughs> because oh, i think uh, you because <laughs> you you'd mentioned something in our podcasters facebook chat the other day about having Shh, to like that's secret no one's supposed to know about that what we say in the chat stays in the chat except for this one thing that i'm gonna reveal okay <laughs> that you said you were uh constantly having to show people like how how do you find a podcast type of thing <laughs> <laughs> yes. so uh so but so how do you stay uh how do you feel that you keep yourself relatable or feel uh make yourself relatable to all these groups to be that bridge that you want to be like you know because people are like oh what's gen z doing let's go get on the on the tiktok and see and gen z is like no go away so <laughs> how do you ingratiate yourself <laughs> with all groups is what i'm saying <laughs> by the way i can't wait for the avenist gen z podcast to, to come out <laughs> And criticize everything you're doing. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I I don't know. I th I think everything begins with empathy. Like you got to recognize, like for older, maybe more conservative people, like what's their skin in the game of of life, of religion, of whatever. Like what is what is their interest? What are their concerns? And I think by by trying to put yourself in the shoes of these different groups, you can you can better understand how how to be that bridge. So it's like. You know, what is what does Gen Z want? I mean, does anybody know? No. What does Gen Z want? What do millennials want? I'm I'm an older millennial myself, or what does Gen X want or whatever? I mean, you try to avoid like the silly stereotypes for all these generations, but but just like knowing them, 
what do they want? What are they interested in? What do they value? And then I try to be those things. I'm sanguine, so I'm kind of like interested in in like making everybody love me anyway. So it just kind of comes natural to think that way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so a question related to your perspective, your podcast perspective, because you have spent a lot of time in the history of the church. Is there anything that you're like, red flag, red flag, history is repeating itself, everyone, and you're not seeing it? Um, I don't. I don't personally believe history repeats itself. I think I don't. But I don't know anything. But time is cyclical, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I don't think history repeats itself. But what I what I do see, kind of piggybacking off of what I said earlier about kind of the closed ecosystem of languages, what I do see is a bunch of churches, a bunch of Christians, who are not talking about the issues that that matter. And this mm -hmm. is what concerns me. So, I mean, like, we don't have a conversation. I mean, if you're not Adventist, you don't get this, fine. But if you are a Christian of another denomination, you'll, you'll probably understand this if you're Methodist or Southern Baptist or whatever. But same is true for Adventists. Like, our, like the level of our discourse, our public discourse, we, like, we're not actually talking about the big issues that we face in this church. Um, we're not really talking a lot about our aging churches. I mean, we're all aware of it, but we're not talking about it. We're not talking about the fact that most of our churches are in the country and and eighty two percent of Americans live in an urban environment, okay? Like that misallocation of our of our resources, of our of our building resources, of our property resources. Like our people are not our people are not where the American people are at. Mm -hmm. Like this is a problem, and that's a really you know we're not talking about um, how much tithe is going out. Uh, like in my church, like seventy five percent of the money we we receive is passed out of our church in terms of tithe. And of course, some of that comes back and that's all complicated, but like, these are big issues. And like, what are churches arguing about music, women's ordination, <laughs> you know, any, the, the Trinity, you know, like some churches are the arguing about the Trinity. You, you know what I mean? Like we're talking about stupid stuff. Yeah. We're arguing about stupid stuff. We're building walls between each other about stupid stuff. Like meanwhile, um, you know, there's a number of conference leaders who will privately admit to you if you ask them, they aren't sure how we organizationally can survive another few decades this way. With healthcare costs, with insurance costs, with, uh, you know, like the liability with, you know, vans, like the North American division has paid out like $80 million in, in, for insurance claims the past six years or something. Like they don't have $80 million, you know? <laughs> Like, they don't make that much money. And it's like, why are we not talking about these things? And maybe insurance is not really something a local church cares about. But but like I like to me, like this is the point, like the viability of us as an organization, kind of the fraying of ties between between Christians, between people, yeah. um, like the generational gap. These are all like really serious things that we need to be talking about and and we don't. So it's not that like history is repeating itself. Although I do believe if like we had another Nazi like party come up, they wouldn't they wouldn't look like the Nazis we have. And that's why I say history doesn't really repeat itself. They may be totalitarian. They may kill people, but they would be slightly different. And then they would try to convince the rest of us that they're not Nazis at all. Like so. So if you're looking for something to repeat itself, exactly, it won't. And you'll probably end up getting making the same mistakes that your ancestors right, right. made. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what I meant as far as like history repeating itself. Not so much as like events reoccurring in the same way, but more like just 
the doltishness of us as a collective of making the same mistakes over and over again. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, doltish, doltishness is a great word to describe it. And I, <laughs> and I feel like we're going to, we're going to kind of, if we don't learn from, you know, the lessons of stuff that's happened before, and this is the whole point of history, right? If we don't learn from these stories, then we may not make exactly the same mistakes, or maybe we will, but we're just going to make more mistakes than we otherwise yeah, would. Yeah, right, right. So what do you think? I mean, there's two separate questions of, A, how do you propose we talk about the more important things, and B, will we do that? <laughs> Prophecy time. Um, will the Adventist question. Church get its that's act together? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, okay, so I went, I went and spoke at a camp meeting uh, last weekend, and I I had a seminar talking about Adventism in the 21st century. And I basically said, uh, we're, there's two ways we're going to go about this. Like, we'll survive as a church, but it's either we're either going to do it the painless way, the less painful way, I should say, of of like maybe three churches that are like 30 minutes outside of a out of a metro area. They say, you know what? We're going to close. We're out in the country. There's like five people at each of our churches. We're going to close and we're going to move to the city and start another church there. So either we we make decisions like that. Or, or else we're just going to wait until everybody dies and a bunch <laughs> of churches close, and then we're going to have to start over. So it's like the less painful way or the painful way, <laughs> one way or the other, we're going to have to face reality. <laughs> I mean, do you think that the organization that we've set up is just too cumbersome at this point to really do any change of course? Uh, yeah, I really do. I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence that they'll that they'll figure it out <laughs> which is because why there's, there's too many yeah well okay so put it this way put it this way okay so dan jackson our, our north american division president has said we have if, if i understand him correctly he said at union i believe he was doing like a q a thing uh maybe last year and he said that we have too many too many universities like we don't need whatever it is 13 14 universities in north america okay Fine. Maybe we do. Maybe we can like close five of them and have these students all combined. That would help lower costs conceivably. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's going to volunteer to close? <laughs> yeah. I have a plan. I, I think that the schools should close whom Ellen White visited the least. <laughs> that's, that's my brilliant I mean, plan. I'm if Ellen White didn't plan. visit you, you don't deserve to exist. Right. <laughs> so Avondale's going to be fine. I mean, it's not, not an, yeah there <laughs> we'll have like a giant like hunger games of students from each school uh yeah that is an interesting idea though to like consolidate all of our because so many of our not only i mean our our lower grade schools are closing anyway even without you know just because yep. there are not enough people going to them so maybe it's fortuitous yep. and i'm i'm open to being convinced I'm open to being convinced that I'm wrong. If you're like a university president listening to this cringing right now and you know something I don't, which is probable, very probable, like give me a call and I'll be happy to recant. But I mean, I'm just saying it seems like we are overdeveloped as an organization. We were developed we have with all these state conferences and stuff. We were developed for an age where you had the ride from one end to a state to another on horseback. And that <laughs> level of like local administration yeah, was necessary. Yeah. Now you can email me from across the world and yeah. <laughs> tell me what and it is you want to like tell me. You know, don't... I don't need you to be within two hours. Yeah. And it's not like people don't go from the East Coast to the West Coast for college anyway. You could have, you could easily have one, you know, one or yeah. two. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Right. Now execute mission 
sabotage all of our universities. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I want to pivot a little bit because I wanted to ask you, uh, as we're both kind of in the growing, recently growing um, Adventist digital space, um, but I also hear a lot of talk from Adventists and just people in general about like, ooh, social media, um, (laughs) the dangers of social media or the bad effects that it has. So, do you think, as someone who needs not only social media, but other digital platforms to do what you do, do you see it as a double-edged sword? And do you think, on the whole, this new digital age is positive or negative? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think if 10 years ago, people like said, you shouldn't be on Facebook so much. Uh, like we usually kind of just like shrugged at those people and said, just deal with it. You know, this is the world we live in. Of course, now, 10 years later with privacy, like you see this great disillusionment with Facebook. Yeah. Not as much among millennials, but definitely among Gen Z who just kind of want nothing to do with it. So, I mean, it's weird. Like, so if the church, if you would have preached a sermon or something like that in church 10 years ago and been like, the dangers of Facebook, everyone just would have rolled their eyes at you. But now, if you were to preach that sermon, I mean, I don't think you should preach about Facebook, but whatever. Like, if you were, people people would be like, she has a point. NSA is watching us. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't care about the NSA, but (laughs) I mean, just like, hey, sometimes I'm on the phone. I'm just like, hey, to the FBI. Um. No, I that's, you know, but it's it's like with data security and privacy and all these sort of issues, um, it becomes a it becomes a really interesting question. I, I don't know. I think if you don't have a plan to use technology, it will use you. Hmm. So I mean, if you if 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 social fits into your purpose in life, then use it. You know, then go for it. Enjoy it. I mean, don't be ignorant about it, but enjoy it. Yeah. If if you're just using it because you're lonely, uh, you're probably gonna be on the wrong end of that. Uh, well, when this then all I guess out. I'm off social media. No, just kidding. <laughs> and there goes all of my friends. Darn it! Can I say darn it in this uh, podcast? I'm sorry. Just bleep it out. That's. I'm sorry. Excuse me. That's a little too tame. Please be more explicit. <laughs> I can go further. But I, uh, but I would. Okay. Here's a question. What do you think Ellen White would have to say about social media? Is it as evil as bicycles <laughs> um okay so if bicycles are a 10 <laughs> and gluten-free bread is a zero i think i think social i don't know i feel like she would probably put social on the scale of evilness at probably like a six or a seven but but here's the thing about that question okay like we have frozen ellen white in our minds <laughs> like i don't know maybe she's literally frozen too like like she's in the gc somewhere like yeah, cryogenically yeah. frozen right, until we can exactly. reanimate her Okay, but like if that's right. So we've we've frozen her, though, is this like Victorian America woman. And so when we kind of played this game of think of saying, what would she think about X, Y or Z? (laughs) You know, I mean, of course, she's from a different culture, like a different world almost. You know, so it's easy to, to kind of picture her in judgment of so many things. But if she was born in like 1987 rather than 1827, I bet she'd have a different opinion about social. Or, or many of the things that we have today. You know what I mean? Like, she probably wouldn't be so uptight as we would You're imagine really her to be. You're really walking the edge here, man. If she was born in... What's that? I'm just kidding. I said, you're really walking the edge with this dangerous talk. <laughs> I am. But, look, I, I think she would say the same thing. Like, because Ellen White was about simplicity and and kind of focus and and having a purpose. Like, 
so I, I don't know. I think she would just say, use it, use it for your ministry, whatever that is in your life, use it for your calling. And if you can't use it for that, then I don't know, keep it on the end of an 11 foot pole. Yeah. Um, so as someone who is trying to create new and interesting digital initiatives in your own church, um, how have you found, has that been successful? And do you have any advice for other people who want to start doing that, like in their local churches where it's not always easy to get buy-in from other people? Yeah. Well, the problem with the buy-in from older people is oftentimes it comes with like that technological uh, barrier where they may not know how to use it. Like, I mean, I was, you mentioned this earlier, but I mean, I was just at that camp meeting, somebody introduced me as this guy who does this podcast. <laughs> and I kid you not, like the first person who came up to me afterwards was asking me how they can get podcasts on their phone. I mean, so maybe you would need to have like a class <laughs> at your church <laughs> or, or, you know, whatever family, whatever it takes, about how to use podcasts or whatever. Um, like that helps. But I also think, um, I, I don't know. I think people like to be included. And I think people like when their opinion is asked for about certain things. So if you're, if you're doing like a topic, maybe that, you know, some, some of your, your older church members, like they have some experience with like to go get their opinion. And, and they also like when you do things that they feel would benefit their grandkids. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe maybe we need to start something that's like a content, uh, everyone gives their strong opinions content where all the old people can come in and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it would be That sounds like a really strong opinion. It could be. Well, it could be. Like, especially, if, yeah, that'd be a fun version of your, it'd <laughs> be a fun episode for you. Ah, uh, well. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. I'm going to create a new podcast, new a new podcast where <laughs> I play clips from your podcasts, and then I'm going to have people over 60 comment on it. <laughs> I mean, I would listen to it. Yeah, that's to just hear myself podcast. get eviscerated, I'm into it. I'm a little bit yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but all I, right. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange them. Like I, I feel like even by talking about the generational divide, we we also help create it. Um, you know, and there's there's a lot of people out there who who like mean super well, but they don't know how to express it in words that younger generations can understand but they they wish they could be a part of the solution, but maybe they feel like so left behind technologically that they know they'll never catch up. <laughs> I mean, so, okay, I mean, you maybe to, you making know. sense, but at the end of the day, we need a villain. So we have to villainize other generations. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. The villain is Gen Z. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, there can be multiple be- villains. Because- well, there can't. But see, here's the thing. Like, you have got to transition to start hating on the next generation. It's just the circle of life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you, if I'm going to be start, like, like not all understanding these Gen Z own. kids walking across my lawn. <laughs> what's a what's a lawn? We all live in apartments now because we have so much student debt. <laughs> we can't afford a house. <laughs> yeah, true. All these Gen Z kids yeah, walking across my student debt. All right. Well, <laughs> this has been an insightful conversation. Hello. We're running out of time. I appreciate you being here. I want to have you back at some point. Um, but in the meantime, where okay. can people find you? Uh, what would you like to tell everyone to check out 
that you're working on. Okay. Hey, thanks. Um, they can find me at the Peoria Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm in the office right now if you want to stop by. I mean, I assume you meant where can they find me right at this precise moment. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, I could be anywhere. What are your GPS right coordinates right now? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew. I don't. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Adventist History Podcast on whatever your favorite podcasting service is. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting Adventist Are Weird, which is a new, a new podcast that we're launching. And you can check out our church's YouTube channel, Peoria Adventists. Uh, yeah. And we love you, Gen Z. Let me just say that before <laughs> I get closed out. <laughs> no, uh, we love you, Gen Z, and we love you, Gen X and Boomers. Just you must remain villains. Um, and in the meantime, everyone do check out the Peoria Adventist YouTube channel because it's great and I love it. And uh, we will talk to you guys in the next episode.